you just hate victoria beckham mm-hmm. you know that phrase i wouldn't kick her out of bed you would i would kick victoria beckham out of bed Dang. Be like, get your bones out of my mattress send me someone less weird looking oh my god judgy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also gwyneth paltrow crazy is kind of scary Fuck gwyneth like paltrow. Yeah. Ooh, I'd kick gwyneth paltrow. In her gwyneth paltrow shit. would get out of my bed so fast i think i would not keep well i don't mm, yeah no she was great in iron Man. i was gonna say royal tenenbaums gwyneth paltrow Mm -hmm. yeah i love her nope yeah nope one conversation with her and i'd be making fun of her to her face i know it she's too dumb i don't know how dumb she is but either she's got a whole catalog full of her idiots she does like the goop Mm -hmm. whatever that is i'm just still mad about shakespeare in love Oh, I, hate that I movie love so that. Much. I haven't watched it since Ugh. I saw it as a kid, but I was really into I it. I have every word of it memorized. <laughs> yeah, no, you, do. you do. I do. Oh, I hate that movie. I do. I mean, I don't. I hate it in the way that like I've watched it several times. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like it's so it's so close to being good, but Gwyneth Paltrow's in it. It's literally ruining my the movie. movie. <laughs> If Gwyneth Paltrow, is, this is we are literally talking about my favorite movie right now. If you could replace Gwyneth Paltrow with a man, that movie would fucking rock, and it would be one of my favorite movies too. They ruined it because they chickened out and made her and made that character a woman. <coughs> they were supposed; she was supposed to be a male character. Uh, yeah, if you look at the I mean, screenplay I, and why it's like, it's clear that they like chickened out at the last second. Maybe they'll remake it. Yeah. Just Tom Stoppard wrote that as a, a male character. I don't know if he did or not, God but it, it should have like been. The horses. <laughs> Let's bring your world down again. I don't have like factual evidence of that, but if you watch the movie, it works as it works if that character is male. All of a sudden, the whole movie makes 10 times more sense, is way more interesting and historically accurate. But isn't okay, the no, whole explain point... Explain this historically accurate part to me. The it, it, We'd have to go through the movie blow by blow and we don't want to spend that kind of time. But like... I do. I would. <laughs> <laughs> I would spend hours watching that movie. I would spend days watching the that movie. The privileges and attitudes of that Eats. character don't make sense. The what? I smoked weed. Because yeah. she's... I thought she was just like a rich girl though, right? Yeah, and she wants to be an actress, but she's just but girls she's can't got do too it. much. Yeah. She's got literal too much freedom of movement okay. for that period. She had a corset on the whole time. I know, I know that, and did it backwards and in heels. Oh, oh. you mean how she's like she can leave? Yeah, yeah, she can do whatever she wants, which is weird. Well, but it makes a lot more sense. It's just the whole thing makes a lot more sense. If she's a dude. If she's a dude. All of a sudden, the whole movie clicks. Just like with Titanic, the whole thing makes a lot more sense if you realize Leonardo DiCaprio is trans. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. A trans man? Mm-hmm. Jack's a trans dude. And that's why that and that movie that's why that movie works so well. Is that why he couldn't fit onto the door at the very end? And His tits were too big. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> something's just in the way. Maybe his new, maybe his dick was too big. 
between the dick and tits. He had to get off of it. <laughs> that is just too many things. Yeah. I want to rewatch Titanic. I almost tried to look up uh, like the story of the discover, like finally finding the Titanic. I think James Cameron going down in the. Was it? It wasn't. But they discovered where it was in 1986. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that was James Cameron. Oh, no. But he made like a documentary about that. Right. Because they sent it. Mm-hmm. The scuba thing down there. Right. Yeah. I don't know. What if the Titanic was a myth? Oh, God. <gasps> I'm sure that conspiracy is out there. Is that your story? Please make that your the story. The Titanic I'm... never happened. <laughs> and Lisa yeah. makes up find, a find story some Titanic. on the spot. Hold my purse. <laughs> I bet. No. Every, yeah. Everything did happen and everything didn't happen. Honestly, the Titanic being a hoax makes a lot more sense than the moon landing. I could get on board with the Titanic being a hoax. I could not. I just need some good crazy. I just want you to know that. Somebody to get the crazy why nailed down of like, it was to, I don't know, mm. build momentum Atlantis. for the uh, for airplane s- industry or something. Could I was like, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it Fuck pissed yes. anybody off. Oh, you found it. Oh, I found so much. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yes. There's a YouTube. The Titanic never actually sank conspiracy theory from may 3rd 2018 fresh fresh and hot oh here we go i feel like this is a bad idea here we go Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> i do want to watch titanic again did you do you like titanic i do but i like it more now that i like once that clicked in my head it's an even better movie it's actually like it went from being a movie that i adore to being a objectively amazingly good movie when you like watch it through that lens, I actually presented this at a show called Queer Film Theory 101, and the audience like blew up. Like they were like, "Oh my god!" And they, everybody ran out to rewatch Titanic. Yeah, because it makes the movie They're so like, much better. You want to go watch something for four hours? I know we're drunk. Let's do it. Yeah, hmm. it explains a ton if you look at it that way. And like Rose knows, but other people don't. All of a sudden, like it's because it takes all the stuff that didn't quite work with him being poor and her being rich uh-huh. and adds that extra layer that all of a sudden, oh, that's why Billy Zane was so weirdly threatened. And that's why oh, Rose was Billy mm-hmm. Zane, who, by the way, is amazing. In that I movie. love so him. Good. Cal. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you just said cow. <laughs> and I was like, oh. This is a lot to take in. This is like a whole episode. Okay, right. well, stop we'll save doing it for another that because you're not re- you're not ready yet, <laughs> Lisa. Um, it's pretty fucked up, though. Well, welcome to Titanic talk. <laughs> I'm Karina Macchiar. I'm Whitney Lamond. I'm Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> and this is Weird Brunch. Nice. Thanks for listening, everybody. Who's going first? We didn't even figure that out. Mm, I'll go first. Go for it. Okay. The Titanic was a hoax. Here's why. (laughs) I'm going to Google everything that I love and then add is a hoax. And we're just going to go to fucking town the next 10 weeks. the last thing she Googles is herself. What? Oh, (laughs) plot twist. So in 1970s? I can't remember exactly when because it's not in the story and I feel terrible now. Okay, remember James Earl Ray? He shot Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Bad dude, right? Yes. Uh, he was put into the Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary 
in Tennessee, I believe. And he escaped. Mm. In 1977, he and six other convicts jumped the wall. Um, but he didn't get far, and nobody really talks about this escape because it was failed because Ray and his six friends were found two and a half day li- days later just eight miles away from the penitentiary because it's situated on this mountain that is so inhospitable to movement with thick brambles and mm-hmm. steep cliffs and everything that they just they were literally trapped anyway it was, they might as well have been on alcatraz did they freeze to death <laughs> no, no no they just got oh, caught and thrown back in jail it. i was hoping they died horrible deaths okay. so anyway uh fast forward to 1986 when this crazy guy named lazarus lake decided <gasps> what a name mm-hmm. that's out of harry potter it's not his real name uh but that's his like working name he started a race in the same mountains called the Barkley Marathons, where you run a hundred miles, so that's almost four marathons mm-hmm. in sixty hours, which is two and a half days. And that's not like at this point. There's a lot of ultra marathons like that that are even in less time, like a hundred miles in two days. Oh, okay. I was like, I couldn't do that. I would definitely It's still insane. Like all ultra marathons are insane. But the reason it's so hard is because it's it's completely off trail and you're going around the mountain and you just have like a compass and a map and he hides these books all around and you have to get to the book and then tear off the page with the bib number you're wearing on it to prove that you made it because nobody can see anything. And you have to do it uh, five laps. You have to do it five times. So it's the same like routine over and over again five times so it began in 1986 uh it's been attempted by more than 1,000 unique people some of them trying it multiple times and 15 people have finished it oh i thought it was unbeatable just flat out finished it and every time someone finishes it he makes it harder he's still alive he's barely still alive yeah um so (laughs) (laughs) what does this guy do he this makes is, races this is what he does he was also a basketball coach okay so he uh was one of the earliest ultra marathoners he's kind of like remember that scene in forest gump where forest just hell yeah runs that or whatever scene? i remember every scene in forest yes. gump okay well did you know forest gump was supposed to be a woman no okay um <laughs> it makes more sense he grew up in oklahoma uh, and he grew up on a farm next to this guy named Andy Payne, who won the 1928 Bunyan Derby. The okay. Bunyan Derby was a race that didn't last very many years. Because everyone got bunions. Uh, from Los Angeles to New York. What? Uh, a running race from Los Angeles to New York. Jesus. That is... Yeah. Forrest Gump. I it, almost said Will Smith. <laughs> it's also Will Smith. It's so Will Smith. I'm sure he's done that at some point in a movie. It was from Philadelphia to Bel Air. And uh, <laughs> that'd be a hell of a race, too. Uh, so we heard all these stories about that that crazy race. And he started he started running the same year he started smoking, 1966. <laughs> Mama, you remember. Mm-hmm. And he just started running a mile a day. And he joined the cross-country team. And he broke some... Uh, some records on that team, and he just liked running. So he started running in everything he could run in. Uh, and then he ran his first marathon in 1975 called the Andrew Jackson Marathon, which is an awful thing to name a marathon. Andrew Jackson? Yeah, that's not a good... You shouldn't name your race after Andrew Jackson. 
Unless you want lots of bad Trail of Tears jokes. Um, yeah. Um, so he finished in three hours and 20 minutes, which is pretty good for your first marathon. And then in college, he started running several marathons a year, and he would train by running marathons, which was unheard of. You're supposed to run like a half or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like every once in a while. And then when he did a marathon, he warmed up for it by walking for four hours ahead of time. So he was just like one of these people who just loved moving his damn legs. So when he started running 80 and 100 miles at a time and uh, joining any ultra marathon he could get his hands on, which weren't very many. So he just started starting ones, running across the state of Tennessee, uh, running from here to Oklahoma to watch the Oklahoma-Texas football game. Mm-hmm. Um, Good reason. Checks out. Red <laughs> River Rivalry. Checks out. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones that were pretty cool. Anyway, so he, he kind of kick-started this whole ultra marathon thing, which is now a big deal, and a lot of people do it. Um, And he was a pioneer of different ideas for it. Like, he did one... Like the Spartan race. He did one on a track. So just a regular-ass, what is that, 1,600-meter track. Uh, He called it the two-bit marathon or the idiot's run. Um, oh no, that's a different one. That's a 123 mile race entirely on gravel roads, uh, which is awful. The track one was called the Strolling Gym 40, <laughs> and it's 24 hours on a track. Fuck. Without yeah. whoever makes sleeping? it the farthest wins. And then he started another track race called the Big Backyard Ultra, where which is just a last man standing event. Where it sounds uh, like wrestling. It's a four Dave mile ultra, a four mile loop, and you just run it, and whoever is still running at the end wins, and everybody else gets a did not finish. Uh, it's yeah. So that's the kind of jokester he is. I would not be friends with this person. No, there's no crossover. Sounds like a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> So the 1986 one was just a 50-mile race, which he now still holds, but it's called a fun run. Um, I don't see what's fun about that. There's nothing fun about any of this. And the the hardest part of this for everybody is signing up (laughs) because he changes how to do it every year and he doesn't tell anybody and you have to like figure it out. You have to find his email address. So this is a novelty thing for well, runners. He's, he's trying to keep it from going all Burning Man. Like it's getting more and more notoriety okay. and written about, but he still he, wants to keep it for just the most dedicated right. ultra marathoners who are connected in the scene and really want to do it. Okay. He doesn't let anybody wear anything that wasn't invented in 1986 to cut down on like new technology, making it easier. So everyone's in short shorts and like <laughs> Converse. Yeah. And like $11 watches and shit. Oh my God. Nice. No GPS uh, or anything <gasps> like that. And the hardest, like, so what a lot of people describe, the pr- the reason they don't finish isn't the distance or the time or even the elevation. It's the fact that they get lost. Like, there's all these stories of people just getting lost Dying. and spending three days running through the woods only to end up at the starting line. Huh. Like, they didn't even yeah, get going. And then the fact that you have to run two and a half days nonstop. There's nowhere to sleep. There's no trail amenities. Right. He's hidden some, like, jugs of water here and there, but that's about it. There's bears. Maybe. I don't know. How many people have died on this thing? None. Huh. Yeah. I would have died on it. I would have definitely died on it. Yeah. 100% died. Uh, I think a lot of people would have. That's why he's trying to like keep it for uh, 
real prose or whatever. So he goes out in the woods every year and just puts books out? Mm-hmm. Marks a new trail, even though he has had to retire from running because his back's all fucked up and stuff from running all these ultra marathons his whole life. And he's old as fuck now, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's in his like, nothing. Yeah. probably his 70s. Mm-hmm. He won't tell anybody his age, but. You know, you can kind of like do the math. He's probably in his 70s or 80s. Anyway, what he's doing right now. A mysterious bitch. Is the thing he always she wanted to mysterious. do, which he's walking from New York to Los Angeles. I thought he already did that. You no, know, he heard stories from his neighbor who uh, ran the, the whole Bunyan Derby thing. Got it. He can't run it, so he's walking it. Uh, mm-hmm. Most people who run the whole country, which does happen more frequently than you would imagine. I could see that. Uh, go about 40 to 50 miles a day and finish in two or three months. He's hobbling along at 27 miles a day and it's going to take him about four months to Still, do it. Still. Yeah. I, according to my Fitbit, I've walked 1.32 miles a day. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and my feet hurt already. So. Yep. Well, that's the story of Lazarus Lake, the the craziest Lazarus guy in the world Lake. of running and stuff. I do dig that name. It is a good name. His real name is something Cantrell. Blue Gary yeah. Gary Can- Blue Cantrell. <laughs> he, you know, hit him up style. Does this? I that's do a, like that song. That's a, thing. It's a good it's song. A good song. It's a really good song. And then she did nothing. I know. I know. It was like, oh look, another. It's a new Robin. Mm. And then Robin came back, and we didn't need Blue Cantrell that's anymore. That's true. That is true. And so she went to Neiman Marcus on a shopping spree <laughs> for a very <laughs> long time. She's still at Neiman Marcus with Mia. Mm-mm. Sorry, I'm looking up what she, Blue Cantrell's up to. She's aged, so she's like a darker Blue Cantrell. <laughs> she's 43. She's she became Cantrell. Kim Cantrell. She- <laughs> Could be. Could be. She's how old? She's only 43? Mm-hmm. She's my age. Dang. Uh, she released a new album this year called I Walk. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but only 1.32 miles so she had one in 2001 right 2003 her follow-up album that nobody listened to and now 16 years later she's sorry girl mm. i'll listen to her album I'm gonna, see if I can get it. I'm gonna find it on vinyl and give it to you for christmas <laughs> and you'll be like why why Oh, it's due out later this year. It's not out yet. Oh, there's not even a date. Mm-hmm. She lying. Mm-hmm. Lisa, are you going next or is it me? Um, How do y'all want to do it? I can go next. Okay. I want to talk about the Hollywood Ripper. Ooh, I've heard of this. Oh, Ripper. What like did you a, think I said a earlier? A stabist. River. And I was like, why is this news? What? Oh, the Hollywood River. The Hollywood River. What? Yeah. James Franco's all into it. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, okay. the Hollywood it's Ripper. All wrong. All right. Michael Gargiulio. Gargiulo. Gargiulo. Gargle your own balls Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're not wrong. He should. Uh, he was born February 15th, 1976 in Glenview, Illinois. 
and he is accused of stabbing three women to death and an attempted murder of a fourth. On trial right now for two counts of murder, one attempted murder in the L.A. area between 2001 and 2008. The uh, third stabbing we will cover, it happened um, when he was much younger. So he killed, he's accused of killing two people and attempting to kill one person? Yes. Okay. And he is, I believe, confirmed kill two of them. The first one. There was a first okay. one and there were two in L.A. and an attempted in L.A. All right. All right. Um, prosecutors have called Gargiulo a sexual, god damn it, I fucked it up, a serial sexual thrill killer Mm. who derived pleasure from slaughtering beautiful women. Nope. On August 13th, 1993, 18-year-old neighbor Trisha Picaccio on her back doorstep. Trisha Picaccio, 18, was celebrating her high school Graduation with friends before heading off to college. She was bound for Purdue University where she she would uh, she was going in to earn an engineering scholarship. Oh, no, she had an engineering scholarship. So she got into Purdue. That's some hot shit. She dropped a pier off at 1 a.m. before heading home. She walked up to her door carrying her house key, but never made it inside. Her father found her the next day. She was stabbed 47 times Whoa. in the chest, shoulder, and neck. That's, that's too many personal. Times. That's overkill. Yeah. Right there. Uh, Gargiulio. Like, you'd get tired after 20. Yeah. I I mean, we yeah. barely lifted up our hands earlier to mm-hmm. high five about being weak. Yeah. I could stab someone maybe at, like, one half of a time. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll try it on Lisa. Seven times. Uh, he was 17 at the time, and he was a friend of Picaccio's younger brother. And it wasn't until a decade later that investigators discovered the DNA collected from her fingernails were his. Yeah. And he was her neighbor, mm-hmm. and they were roughly the same age. Because Yeah, he was a year younger, okay. and he was friends with her younger brother. Okay. Chippy, so neighbor. at 17, he stabbed no. this woman 47 times. In 1998, he moved to L.A., allegedly to escape police that were snooping around in Illinois. Uh, In 2001, three years after he moved to L.A., we're in cover Ashley Ellerin. Uh, Gargiulo first met Ellerin when he offered to help her change a flat tire. Later, he offered to help fix a problem with her heater. And from then on, he'd show up uninvited and unannounced at her apartment. Like a stalker. Some reported seeing him park in front of her home at all hours, staring at her residence for long periods of time. Ashton Kutcher (laughs) uh, was seeing this woman. Um, So he, and this is all going on um, at the time of this recording, but he testified in the trial of Michael Gargiulo, um, And he's talking about his ex-girlfriend, Ashley Ellerin. Um, According to Kutcher's testimony, he and Ellerin had made plans to get dinner and drinks on February 21st, 2001. And he had arranged to pick her up at her Hollywood apartment. The last time they spoke was at 8.24 p.m. that night when he called to confirm their date. Police suspect that Ellerin was killed shortly after getting off the phone with Kutcher. And that she was just getting out of the shower when she was attacked from behind 
by Gargiulo, who stabbed her 47 times before allegedly 47 times again. Yeah, I got so I'm pulling this from multiple sources. So I don't know if somebody just said 47 on both. Um, Um, But he also like, I believe it was Ellerin that he like cut her throats. Maybe that's the next one. But he cut someone's throat so much that it was almost, almost decapitated. decapitated. This happens. guy is real into some, murder. Got some issues. Um, Kutcher testified that when he arrived at Ellerin's home around 10.45 p.m., uh, he rang the doorbell. She didn't answer. Kutcher noticed the lights were on inside. Um, and after ringing the doorbell a few times, he assumed that she had bailed on the date. And headed to it, and he headed to his friend's house to watch the Grammy Awards. <laughs> Woo! Um, Kutcher said that before he left, he looked through the front window and saw what he thought was red wine spilled on the carpet, but that wasn't alarming because he had gone to her house party uh, days before, and it was like a college party, so he didn't think much about it. The next day, Kutcher testified he was approached by police, who told him. That Ellerin's body had been found by her roommate. Can you fucking imagine that? Uh, also, that's like peak Ashton Kutcher time. Yeah. 2000 punked. One, yes. you said? Yeah. Like, is he still on that 70s show also? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he's got everything going on. Yeah. Dude, where's my car? Dude, where's my yeah. date? Um, yep. Kutcher Dead is, my, no, said dead. at the time he was freaking out that police would view him as a suspect because he had tried to open the door to Ellerin's apartment, leaving his fingerprints on the door. Mm-hmm. Um, Gargiulo later moved to the El Monte area into the same apartment complex as Maria Bruno, 32. In 2005, prosecutors allege Gargiulo attacked Bruno as she slept and quite literally butchered her. <gasps> Slashing her throat and slicing off her breasts, which Ooh. he staged for police to find. <gasps> oh my god! Well, mm-hmm. soon after investigators found her body, they spotted a blue surgical booty outside of her apartment door with three drops of Bruno's blood. Gargiulo's DNA matched the profile that was found uh, along the elastic band. The same type of booties which he wore for work as an air conditioner repairman. They have to call them booties. <laughs> That's what they're called. What, a, what would you call them? Foot sacks? Foot sacks. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yes, That's I, what would I would call them, them foot sacks. Okay. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Well, he has to wear those foot sacks. <laughs> God damn it. I'm done. Um, before the killing, Gargiulo had been said, had been seen trying to open Bruno's door and peeping through her window. The last attack linked to him in April 2008 was unlike the others. Michelle Murphy survived. Gargiulo and Murphy, who the was... The girl who had her boobs cut off? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, no, no. That was Bruno. She's... Okay, got it. R.I.P. Gargiulo and Murphy, who was 27 at the time, lived across from each other, sharing an alley in Santa Monica. In the months leading up to her attack, Gargiulo would greet her outside of her apartment. One night, prosecutors say she woke up to him stabbing her arms and chest. She kicked him off, causing him to cut his wrist and flee. Hold on. There's another part of this. 
On the day of the attack, Murphy testified that she washed her bed sheets, jumped rope in the alley behind her Santa Monica apartment complex and watched TV before crawling into bed. She'd been asleep for about an hour. She testified when she woke up with a man straddling her, stabbing her arm and chest with a serrated knife. She screamed and asked why he was attacking her. The man didn't say a word. Wow, what? Pre- if I'm getting He's like, stabbed, oh, I've never thought of that. I don't think if I'm getting stabbed, I'm going to have the presence of mind to like ask questions. Mm-mm. Why are you doing this? No, I think I would just be in... I'd die. I'd just um, die. In a struggle to save herself, Murphy said she mm. wrapped her hands around the knife's blade and kicked the man off the bed. As he ran out the door, he spoke for the first time. I'm sorry. Okay. He said. That's all he said. Um, she locked the door. She called the cops. An ambulance came to take her. She never uh, returned to the Santa Monica apartment. Um, her friends and family had to like pack up her shit and go. Yeah, I wouldn't go back there. No. That's um, definitely a break the lease situation. I feel like I have valid reason. He wasn't charged in Illinois with um, Trisha's Trisha Picaccio slaying until 2011. Because so they finally like tested the DNA. I guess. Yeah. Okay. So he's charged with that. He's char- uh, He's being um, prosecuted for Ellerin and Bruno. Mm-hmm. And Murphy is testifying against him. Um, he's pleading not guilty. Of course. By reason of insanity or just like flat out, nope. Didn't do it. Mm. Couldn't um, have, wouldn't have. And a one-time friend testified that this was uh, today, the day that this is being recorded, which was two weeks ago. Uh, but he testified that he researched forensic science online, like watching, liked watching America's Most Wanted to learn from the criminals' mistakes. And he told the witness, quote, lie, lie until you die, was his plan if he was ever accused of a crime. Lie until you die. Yeah, you can go far on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, lots of very successful people have. Mm-hmm. 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 So that's the Hollywood Ripper who's in the news. And wow. I feel really bad for Ashton Kutcher right now. Yeah, how awful. Yeah. Yeah, because all this shit happened almost two decades ago. Yeah. And I'm sure he never wanted to talk about it. No. Like, fuck. I had never heard that he was dating someone who was murdered. Yeah. I had never heard no, that. No, not I at mean, all. I bet. I mean, if it's, if it's, just coming out now i would guess it's like part of an open investigation i would see it that he couldn't be able to talk about it and his love life was like a thing yeah yeah that too was was he like dating mila and britney and britney like yeah i feel like i know all of his girlfriends who's yeah who's the dead one how come we didn't talk about her um was she, she in was movies? A fashion? No, she was a fashion student, and she was a. I think she was a model. How do you spell her name? And I'm a sorry. burgeoning actress. Just an LA. She was an LA um, person. Ashley right. Ellert. Oh, got it. Got it. Wow. How terrible. Ugh. I will say. Ashton Kutcher with a mustache and his hair like that right now looks really hot. Yeah. Yeah, he like, can always get he it. He looks like yeah. Burt Reynolds, young yeah. Burt Reynolds, and I'm very into that. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't kick Ashton out of bed. No. No. 
What about any of his previous girlfriends or? Nope. Yeah. Mila Kunis seems really <laughs> Mila cool. Mila Kunis, I would, that, you know. There's no way you could. N- no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, would, I wouldn't even acknowledge that she was in there. I would just sit there and be like, this is amazing. I can't believe you're I can't here. believe this is happening. That's funny. All right. Well, let me tell you about my best friend. This guy is not my best friend. I'm just kidding. Um, today I'm going to talk about Christian Gerhardt's writer. Oh, that's so much longer than Bale. It is. It's, but don't worry. He, we switch it up. We get him a way shorter name. Okay. That's way easier to say. Good. So Christian, which is what we'll just call him for now, um, was born February 21st, 1961 in Siegstorf, Bavaria, Germany. Okay. The fun part of Germany. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. It's the Oktoberfest part. Ooh. So, and Bavaria, like the chocolate, right? That's the thing. Bingo. Got it. Which they didn't have it. No, I'm just kidding. I was yeah. about to say something. <laughs> he had... A brother, and obviously had two parents, Simon and Ermgard. Oh. I just really wanted to say that. Um, so they lived there for a little bit, and in 1978, they he meets an American couple. This is Christian. 1978, Christian meets an American couple in Germany. Elmer and Jean Kelm. What who, year? Elmer Kelm. Nineteen seventy-eight. There Elmer. was an Elmer in nineteen seventy-eight. Elmer Kelm. Elmer Kelm. Elmer Kelm. K e l l n. Elmer. What Elmer. are you doing? Elmer Kelm. Elmer, Elmer Kelm. It's fun to say all as one word. Yeah. So he's eighteen right now. Christian, not Elmer. Christian Elmer's is, clearly Elmer ninety-seven. And Jean, yeah. Elmer Jean. They're a combo, like a power duo in Germany. He meets them and later uses their names to get permission to enter the U.S., falsely declaring that the Kelms had invited them him to stay with them in California. Oh. Um, Wait, how old are the Kelms? Uh, the Kelms, I don't know. I would guess they're in their... 40s 30s or 40s if you're traveling okay i can buy someone an american couple in in germany traveling yeah named elmer they're they're grown-ups yeah really upset about this name it's elmer elmer and kermit fud kermit was a real name yeah Yeah. we can't tell lisa new things (laughs) she gets mad every time Kermit was a real yes, yes for yes. what they're both for a person a male they're both German names like fairly common German names that are just more out of fashion now. Well, I know that Helmet's a name. Yes, Helmet is a name. You know what's killing it with first names lately is like the Caribbean, like all the cool first names on baseball players are all Caribbean names, mm. like Jerickson and. I don't watch baseball. In, in, well, you've got to watch it just for the names. Okay. The names are fantastic. I have to watch the whole game. Well, they keep bringing more people <laughs> in. And they, they keep having more name names. every time. Okay. Sorry. After entering the U.S. in New York, he goes to Berlin, Connecticut. Um, 
I don't know, maybe it's his own German weird joke, uh, where he finds a family, the family of author Edward Savio. I thought you were going to say Scissorhands. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Snowden, but I like Scissorhands better. He's famous now. Um, really? Uh, yeah, he's... How I guess famous? it was like Edward Savio's parents. He... I don't know. I don't recognize the books, but there's a Wikipedia entry for him, so he's got to have something going on. Edward Slytherin. So, this family in Berlin, Connecticut is like, yeah, you can stay with us, random kid. And in 1979, he's accepted as a foreign exchange student at Berlin High School. And he... Oh, he's probably getting so laid. Probably. He's, what, 19 and he's in high school? Yeah. And he's German? Yeah. Hmm. Um, he told the reason the family let him stay was because they, I don't know, I guess he's easy to convince people, but he told them that he was from a wealthy family in Germany. <gasps> it's like that New York chick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Soho Betty or whatever her name um, was. Delvey. Yeah. Anna, Anna, Del- Anna Delvey. Delvey. Yeah. So eventually they're like, yeah, we're sick of having you stay with us. You need to leave. And so he does. He decides that he's going to move to California, of course. Of course. Because he wants to be an actor. Of course. You know, that's... the boobs in California are the uh, best in California. I love boobs in California. Um, <laughs> sorry. It's so, my favorite thing. <laughs> so he ran there. One of the main reasons that the family kicked him out of their house was because because he told them that he was an aristocrat and from this wealthy family that he couldn't do chores or help <laughs> out man. because he was it Hell was yeah. beneath him mm-hmm. to do Hell that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like this guy. And they were like, get out. And so he's like, I'm going to go be an actor in California. So far, so, I agree with all of his choices. Yeah, I think he's great. He he's gets, living his best life. Uh, yeah. He gets to California and he starts calling himself Christopher Chichester. So Ch- that's Chester. Chichester, like C-H-I, Chester. Chichester. And... Um, okay, well, that's the first decision I disagree with. He was, he was also... Like, this is very American name. Yeah. <laughs> Chester. He was also fleeing a green card marriage that he arranged when he was in Wisconsin. Oh, I'm back on his side. Yeah. Uh, so in California... Was it in Waukesha? He's lucky he didn't get murdered. Waukesha. That's fun to say, too. Mm. Waukesha? Waukesha. Oh, I thought you said Waukesha. I thought, was, thought it was Waukesha, but you're right. It's probably Waukesha. I don't know. Mm. So, in California, he meets an elderly, reclusive woman named Dee Dee Sohus. Oh, man. The and in this story. Dee Dee is like, cool, you can move in with me. Whatever. I don't care. Um, and everything's going good and he convinces a local tv station to give him his own public access show you know he's living this great life i guess in la not really so the dd's son starts to well him and his wife move in first Mm -hmm. jonathan and linda they move into the house, and that starts kind of making shit hard for Christopher, obviously. Christian Chester. Yeah, 
or Chichester. Um, he's he gets asked about, you know, the kid is like, Mom, this guy who is this weird dude who you just let live in her house. And she's like, oh, he's like this famous or this important wealthy guy from a wealthy family. And they start asking questions about him. And they're like, oh, hey, we noticed that he's been using your money to buy clothing. And he doesn't actually have any of his own money. And then uh, in 1985, Jonathan and Linda suddenly disappear. What? Um, According to Chichester, they were called away on urgent business to Europe. And a little bit after that, he leaves also uh, and ends up in Connecticut where he tries to sell Dee Dee's car. And I guess that didn't go well because they know about it. Um and he started calling himself Christopher Crow. So, oh man. Now we're on to Crow. The names are getting better, but the decisions are getting worse. Yeah. So, in Connecticut, he talks his way into becoming an executive at a brokerage firm. And wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Wait. He's wait. just a bullshitter. He talks his way into being an executive. Yep. In 1985. Yes. In Connecticut. Wolf of Wall Street. Damn. Yeah. Um, but He's he clearly got some skills. Gets fired pretty quickly because they realize that the social security number he gave them belonged to convicted serial killer David Berkowitz. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. After that, he has a couple of other highly paid jobs. <laughs> And then they discover a corpse that th- is thought to be the Soho, one of the Sohus. I think it's it's S H S O H U S. How would you say that? Sohus. S O H U S. Sohus. 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 Okay. <laughs> Sohus. Sohus. Um, so. This, these bodies are discovered and they're starting to look for Christopher in connection with the murders. But he's like, guess what? I'm going to reinvent myself again. And he starts, he claims to be James Frederick Mills Clark Rockefeller. Okay. Yeah. Who is okay. an actual former, or oh. he's actually from a lesser known branch of the Rockefeller family. Rockefeller I thought he made family. up all those names and I was going to be really impressed. Uh, no, he's not that smart. So using this identity, he, people just, I think in America, people are like, they, the name Rockefeller yeah, it right. means something. And so mm-hmm. he starts using his name to impress wealthy upper class people and starts to kind of move in their circles. And in 1995, he meets Sandra Boss. Damn, I was hoping for Bullock. I wish I my last too. name was mm. Boss, though. It's a, still a cool name. Well, it was Hugo's last name. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Still not my last name, though. So thanks for that. Um, it's a simple legal form. He meets Sandra at a cocktail party and she's like, oh my God, you're so charming. I'm like instantly in love with you. Oh, just like in Frozen. Yes. And they get married. 
Um, they're married for an entire decade, but over this decade, he's getting more controlling. He's getting kind of violent and, uh, people are, I guess, finally, eventually questioning him about his super rich family and questioning why he doesn't have any of his own fucking money. All he does is spend his wife's money. That boss money. Yeah. So in 2006, she hires a private investigator to look into his background. And Wait, he made it 11 years in this marriage? Yep. And they never tied the bodies to him? No. Or she didn't even fucking really all the way believe that he was who he was. I'm not yeah. putting this on her. I'm saying the authorities I know. Like gave up. So she hires a private investigator and obviously... He, the private investigator finds out that he has been lying for years about who he was. And she's like, I want a fucking divorce. You psycho. Um, he's like, fine. And they <laughs> settled for $800,000 because sure. he wanted to avoid anyone looking for him. And he was afraid that if court looked further into his shit, they would figure out what his real identity mm-hmm. was. So, in this agreement, he also had to. They had a daughter, and <sighs> the custody agreement. I was agreement, wondering what his leverage was. Yeah. Like, why did he get anything? So the custody agreement was that he could only see his daughter three times a year, and uh, he actually did like love his own child. And in two thousand eight, he. Uh, does something kind of crazy. So during a support, a court supervised visit, he shakes the social workers and abducts his own daughter. Uh, which, oh, you mean like shakes, like loses? Yeah, loses. Was, I'm for sorry. For some reason, I was picturing him like grabbing him by the shoulders. I was, yeah. You better stop. Uh, so he steals his daughter. The FBI captures him after a week long manhunt. His daughter's fine. Uh, He's given a seven-year prison sentence for the abduction, but because of that, they were like, the police were like, oh, shit, it's this guy. Yeah, like, wait, who are you again? And they start building a case against him for the the murderer of uh, (laughs) Jonathan... Is that old English? Yes. So... um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh... In, um, yeah, so the remains had been identified in 2010, uh, and they build this big old case. And, um, in 2013, he's given the maximum sentence of 27 years to life with credit for one year served. After serving, I guess, in Massachusetts for kidnapping his daughter. So he's in there for another 20 years. His, yeah, he, he'll be eligible for parole in 2030 when he'll be 69 years old. And there's currently a parole hearing scheduled for July 2029. So if y'all aren't doing anything in July of 2029... Put on we can, yeah, let's go to it. I'm gonna go. 
Let's go. Do a very special follow-up episode 10 so years, wait, from he, 10 years from now. He murdered two people. <laughs> and he's just up for parole? Uh, 27. Uh, well, 20 he, he'll he be up for parole in 2030. Okay. How, yeah, murdering two people is bad crime. Yeah. They only got was... him on the man. Uh, I don't think they found the remains of the woman. Oh, well, if you kill a man, that's yeah, it's not as bad. Yeah. And most of the evidence they had was circumstantial. But maybe that's why they didn't give him like I was such a fan until he went to California and, and killed he just, them. He yeah. ruined it all starting with that dumb name. Mhm. Mhm. And then he just didn't get it back together. It's like season 1 Mm-hmm. Christian, totally into it. Season Good. two, interesting. Like where this is going. Season three, come on. Just tanks. What the hell? What? Has his daughter said anything? She's got to be like 17, 18 now. Yeah. Let's, I What's, don't think they named the daughter. Well, she's probably a minor. Yeah. Like, she's probably out of the news. Uh, let me see if I can't Well, she's got her. a mama. Her boss. Yeah, Sandra Boss. Yeah. Let's see. Sandra Boss daughter. I always wonder what kids of these kinds of people have yeah. to say. Did you... BTK's daughter put out a book. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't read it yet, but... Um, mm, how Sandy Boss fell for a murdering con man. That's crazy. They didn't just ship him back to Germany? Yeah, was he, he wasn't here legally. Well, he married. 11 years of marriage, I think, makes you. Yeah, that's true. Oh, does it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I well, and in the beginning, he was fleeing a green card marriage also, so I wonder if that was like Oh, if he had like completed no, the... Or like he yeah. would have been a bigamist unless they got divorced at some point. A polygamist? A bigamist. Oh. Well, no. Bigamy. Right? What does that mean? Two spouses. Oh, just two. Or, yeah, that by Okay, bigamy. wait. What's the difference between bigamy and polygamy? Same as bisexual and polysexual. Polyamorous. They're all together. Bi is two. Poly is many. Oh. Why can't it be biamorous? It can. <laughs> If you really feel like your entire sexuality revolves around loving exactly two people. No more, All the no time. Less. No. All the time. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> That's like a molecule. Mr. P and Pickle. Mm-hmm. I'm by Aerith. Solely. She's doing all right. Did you find her actual daughter? Like, I found Sandra. Well... No, I found. <laughs> I found oh. that too. Unless she's horribly deformed. Blur, yeah. Blurred out child face. Those blurred lines. No. No. Not a pro pro. A pro pro. Mm. That's funny. Well, how are y'all feeling? I'm feeling pretty God, all right. I'm feeling that mistrustful. Was a pregnant pause. Mistrustful. Yeah, I feel a little mistrusted. Full. Yeah, I don't. Under, I don't think I understand our judicial system. Yeah, because for a while there, we were just shipping criminals back. Yeah, uh, did it break? 
just did he commit so many crimes they were just like uh yeah 25 I mean years. if they were all committed here is, does that make a difference I guess they wanted to what well murder is murder is murder's a state crime huh I don't know so where did he do it and where was he prosecuted California was where he killed them he killed them where they, is that where they, they found caught the bodies? him in Connecticut yeah so they found the body in California um but I thought states like hung out with I think that stuff. I think like, states hang out now, at least with that with murders. Yeah. They're not like, oh no. Well, I'm not gonna of, let you prosecute yeah, this murder. Cross state yeah. murders happened, and they I were like, maybe we should stop. No, that's what happened with Ted Bundy. That's why it took him so long. You know, damn. And then Florida ended up getting to do it in the end, which is weird. Lucky, because most of his crimes weren't in Florida. Nope. Yeah, but they were like. What's the state that's the most used to dealing with this? And that'll Texas. fry him. No, no, no. Like dealing with the, the bad the bad people. Florida's like, oh, he's a cannibal. Yeah, we've got we've got those. we've got a strategy for that. We have trash here too. Yeah. <laughs> Send your trash. trash down to Florida. Was he eating bath salts? No? Okay. Somebody <laughs> was. Who invented eating bath salts? A hungry, junkie, hungry hippo. Hungry, hungry a junkies. Junkie. junkie. Uh, I thought you said a junkie. A junkie. A junkie. <laughs> it's like a junkie and a donkey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ew. Gross. Mm, requiem for no, a not, no, not like that. I meant like a donkey who does heroin. I don't want to see a donkey do heroin. <laughs> That's sad. What? It's a happy donkey no, for a little not while. A happy donkey until it gets the itches. If you look at Ashton Kutcher's like uh, movie history, yeah, and you look at the timelines, mm-hmm. it is so sad to imagine like how he acted through some of this shit. Really? Yeah. Like what was the well i looked a, up dude where's my car because i was curious was, it was, was 2000 that was before the murder yes but like what was it the butterfly effect in 2004 yep because you know they filmed that in 2001 or two mm-hmm. that's crazy to imagine uh just married was 2003 that's the one with britney yes um, Does Ashton Kutcher still have a million Twitter followers? Probably. Oh, I'm sure he has more. I don't remember when that was a big deal, though. No. He was the first person to get to a million, and it was like a huge deal. Oh. It was like news. <laughs> of course. Well, he's married to Mila Kunis now, right? Really? I knew they got back together, but did they really tie the... I thought they I were think, married. I think they're married. Okay. He has 17.9 million. That's a little bit more than that's, 1 million. That's that's reasonable nowadays. Yup. But he had to stop tweeting for himself because he was, he kept saying dumbass things. Like what? I don't remember specifics. And this is way, this is a long time ago in Twitter time. It was like, not me too shit or like you'll get fired shit. It was more just like, why are you being so dumb? And he's like, fine, fuck you. I'll hire someone to tweet my tweets. Oh. Hmm. Well, all right. Sensitive. Hmm. Uh, he and Mila Kunis got married in 2015. That's 2015? a long time ago. I thought it like just happened. Mm-mm. Dang. 
No. Well, good for them. They were always meant to be. They were. Kelso and Jackie. Well, what'd y'all learn? I learned that Ashton Kutcher tweets a lot of feminism. Yeah. Mm. Aww. Mm. Um, I learned trust no man. What? I think that was the first episode. I think that's latently every episode. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, that's a good one, though. See. That's always a perennial winner. It's a good lesson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I learned that Hollywood doesn't have a river. There is no Hollywood River. Nope. Isn't that in a movie? There's a Los Angeles River, but it's just cement now, and that's where the Terminator 2 action sequence takes place. Oh. oh. Mm-hmm. More facts. But it was a river? Yep. Like a natural river? Yeah, and then they cemented it to keep it in one place and then it dried up too many people drink it (laughs) i know that sounds really also where the potatoes used to grow (laughs) that sounds really stupid and dumb but i'm pretty sure that's the story (laughs) i mean of the los angeles river it was a big river and then they like flood controlled it and then it dried away because people drank it that makes sense just Mm -hmm. from uh yeah. Like a well, water rivers in system? California are like not uh, long lasting. Yeah, they're they're endangered from the word go. There's it's especially Southern California. It's kind of deserty, right? You know, yeah. So, I it mean, the whole there. getting water to LA was like, well, you know, sucking wa- it all up. Go watch Chinatown or whatever. I just watched that movie, and that's what I thought of. I was yeah. like, oh, there's like the creek or whatever, and mm-hmm. then at night the water runs through it. Yeah. Yep. Chinatown, man. It's Chinatown, Jake. Seen it. That crazy scene at the end that David Lynch ripped off. Mm. I don't think I've seen Chinatown. It's Jack Nicholson. It's uh, Mm -mm. young, young. It's one of those movies that's like, it's not going to hit you real hard now, but you can see why it hit hard then. Mm -hmm. You know, like the twists and whatnot. He was dead the whole time. Yep, that's it. He's still dead to this day. He was also part I'm of a computer surprised system. Surprise, Jack Nicholson's still alive. I think everybody is. That obituary is definitely pre-written. Has been for years. Because mm-hmm. he wasn't doing good. I'm sorry. We were ending this, and now I'm on Jack Nicholson. I just I can't think of anything that collectively we learned that isn't something we've already learned. Well, we don't have to learn something new. I want to learn things. <laughs> I mean, we learned three stories. Do you know why teaching is traditionally a female profession? Why? We're going to just do this full, we'll end every episode with crazy history lessons? Yes. Why? <laughs> because in the Middle Ages, mm-hmm. uh, men wouldn't worry, marry women unless they were literate and knew math. Oh. Because the men weren't going to do it, so they needed the women to do it. Bingo. Because everybody was making farms work, and the women couldn't do as much physical labor, so their half of the job was actually keeping the books and reading the bills and the receipts and taking care of the business while the dude went out and plowed shit. Okay. And so, like, traditionally, the women did all the book work, did all the actual office work, and they were the ones who learned how to read and do numbers, and men did not. They could be illiterate or whatever, and it didn't matter. It didn't have any impact on their social standing. 
And then when men died, women were like, well, shit, I can't go out and take care of this farm all by myself. What job can I do? I guess I'll teach other people the shit I know about reading and writing and arithmetic. And then it's persisted as like a stereotypically female job ever since. Because women used to run all the businesses essentially in Europe. There were all the CEOs and CFOs and of wow. these farms. So yeah. how the fuck did we lose mm-hmm. that other part? Inheritance law. Women couldn't inherit. So they didn't get to keep the money. They just controlled how to take care of it while they were alive. But then as soon as they died, the money it went to the sons. To the dudes. Yeah. And then the next generation of women had to start from scratch. Fuck Europe. Fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end. Don't trust men. Bye.